Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being, we share what we feel is the most important pieces of information with you. Yep. We're not experts, though, in anything that we talk about. This is just a summary of uh, what we found out over the week. But hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole load of things. Sounds good to me, Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is our listener choice episode, all about the Bermuda Triangle. I feel like we need some tense music, like, because it's a bit, like the X-Files or something, don't we? Definitely. Absolutely do. So this week, we lear- we've learned about the Bermuda Triangle thanks to um, our listener, Laura, wasn't it? It was. It was our listener, Laura. I'm not sure how regular she is, but she definitely put this topic forward. But she's not just any listener, is she? So disclaimer alert, Ollie's <laughs> got um, a conflict of interest this week. <laughs> yeah so yeah laura is my wife <laughs> she she put forward a topic managed to get into the into the instagram boat um and it actually smashed the instagram boat as well it ended up winning by a mile so yeah good topic suggestion laura but yeah she's my wife so a little bit of a disclaimer there yeah so uh, like we like we say every week you know if you've got topic suggestions do let us know on at two guys one topic we had so many good ones we're probably going to start next series with one or two of them because yes quite often people think of stuff that i would have never thought to do the Bermuda triangle <laughs> <laughs> that's also good and yeah thanks for all the the messages and, and what have you that people have just been sending through in general shall we have a little listen then laura's recorded us a message and just see how and why and what she wanted us to, to cover this week um two guys one topic thank you so much for picking my subject of the bermuda triangle um, the reason I put that forward as an idea was because I love a mystery and there's so much um, discussion around what goes on there and yet I know very little. So listening to your podcast would about it all would be brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Laura. Much appreciated for that. I'm surprised I couldn't hear Ollie in the background telling you exactly what you're supposed to be saying. <laughs> So let's go like we normally do, the Bermuda Triangle. What did you know about it? Or do you know about it? Yeah, I I knew it was a, you know, a dangerous place on Earth, somewhere where you don't really want to travel through. Loads of accidents have occurred there, and we don't really know, know why. And so just one of those places to avoid, really. Uh, I think that's about it, really. You know, getting over somewhere near Bermuda, which is obviously somewhere over near america and that way yeah i always thought of it as like like a plug hole like if you was in a boat going over it yep you just get sucked underwater yes like i don't know like a whirlpool that sort of thing like i'm just a massive one that like you i don't know are they the stories you've heard like boats and and planes and people disappear when they go anywhere near this this part of the sea yep. so don't go near this part of the sea because you're in trouble. 
Absolutely, yeah. Somewhere to avoid. That's what I've always thought. And I remember when I was when I was younger, lucky enough to fly over to America, and I was really didn't want the plane to be flying through the Bermuda Triangle, like wanting to make sure it wouldn't be going anywhere near. So um, yeah, somewhere to avoid. Absolutely. And it seems to be a pretty, pretty scary place. I mean, we should what probably jump into it straight away, do you reckon? And just say Yeah, so the Bermuda Triangle, then, otherwise known as the Devil's Triangle, a mythical section of the Atlantic Ocean, somewhere between, it is a triangle, it's between, um, I don't know if anyone's got a map in front of them, it's between Miami uh, in the south of Florida, San Juan in Puerto Rico, and Bermuda, the island of Bermuda. So if you if you pick those three pit points on a map, put a pin and, and join them, you'd make a triangle, and that is known as the Bermuda Triangle. I was reading that yeah, Bermuda, a place that you see super picturesque, you know, it's got a whole load of beauty, also has a whole load of terror that then goes along with it because of this Bermuda Triangle. So in the last 200 years, you've had over 20 incidents of planes going missing, 50 ships, hundreds of people. They've all vanished mm-hmm. in this small area in the Atlantic Ocean. And as you were saying, yeah, gets the, the nickname the Devil's Triangle and just this aquatic graveyard somewhere where people have been trying to figure out why you've got so many of these accidents that are happening and scientists have been trying to work it out for years and years. And it goes goes back quite a long time. First time it was really reported of some odd occurrences happening there was way back with Christopher Columbus. Yeah, his um, ship logs. Is that what you call them? Like a diary? Yeah. Um, Just pointed out how he was in the area... And basically his compass was not doing as it should have and uh, was going a bit doolally and making navigation yeah. particularly difficult. So I read that he was trying to reach Asia, which in my head means he's going the wrong way. Maybe he's trying to get find another way to Asia rather than going okay. like, under the, the Cape of Good Hope in Africa. So he's trying to reach Asia and he's going west. And then as he's going through the this area, it wasn't called the Bermuda Triangle at this point, and he kept really detailed logs as well. So it's on the 13th of September in 1492. He noted down saying, at the commencement of night, the needle turns a half point northwest. And in the morning, they turn somewhat more northwest. <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, Sounds scary, though. It's super important when you're navigating at night that you know where you're going. So if you can't see where yeah. you're going, and your compasses is going a little bit doolally and you don't know what's going on. It's a, mm-hmm. a bit of a, a scary thing. He also made a note in, in the logs there that he was saying on that very same night, he reported in the sea, there was this strange light out in the distance and he described it as like a wax candle that was bobbing up and down, like some fire that was going off in the distance in this area. He managed to make it through, but sounds yeah. like he was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, um, you were telling me in the week a story about in 1600, another another boat went missing. Oh, yeah. Or 16, a boat went missing. 1606. Yeah, there was another boat that was traveling through the triangle. It was a large ship for England, had 150 travelers on it, and came across a little bit of um, inclement weather going through the Bermuda Triangle and just disappeared without any sign of it, knowing where it had gone. So 150 people lost their life there. Yeah, we should say, you know, you were saying earlier about all these ships and planes. They've disappeared, right? There's no there's no evidence of, of, of wreckage. We just know that's where they were in the world. 
and then now they're not there or anywhere. So yeah. it's kind of spooky, weird, right? isn't it? Kind of spooky that they yeah, there was, um, disappear. What was it in 1918? There's another event. 1909, there's a guy called Joshua Slocum, who at the time was proper famous. He was the first person to sail solo around the world. So we obviously knew his onions as far as sailing a boat is concerned, but disappeared. Just disappeared. Apparently he was trying to sail to South Africa. Obviously unclear what happened because there was nobody there, but disappeared. Uh, his his death attributed to the Bermuda Triangle. Wow. And then that this is the one I was thinking of. In February 1918, one of the US Navy's largest ships, it was called the USS Cyclops, had over 300 men on board going from Salvador, Brazil, up to Baltimore in Maryland. So it needs to go right through the Bermuda Triangle. But okay, yeah. they knew it reached the Bermuda Triangle, but it never arrived in Baltimore. And despite the Cyclops, it was able to send out a distress signal. It never did so. Completely disappeared and no wreck of it was ever found. The, U, the president of the time, President of America, Woodrow Wilson, said, only God and the sea know what happened to this great ship. Ugh. Blimey. Gives you the heebies, doesn't it? And again, we could go on, we could go on and on for these. In 1941, there's, there's lots, isn't there? there was another one, the USS Proteus, that had 58 people on board, suddenly vanished as it was going through the Bermuda Triangle. No idea yeah. how or why. The the most famous one to do with planes happened in 1945. It was known as Flight 19. Ominous Flight 19 now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't be on Flight 19. Yeah. It was a group of uh, US N Navy planes. There was five of them. They were doing um, like bombing missions, like bombing drills with like pretend bombs in the region. And uh, they, they uh, apparently became disoriented. And just disappeared, like all five planes. Obviously, they're in contact with the ground, so people knew that they were they were okay. And then all of a sudden, they were not okay, and they were not there anymore. And, and then they they were never found. Never found. Five and planes. They even sent out a rescue plane to go and search for them and find them as well. That rescue plane, exactly the same, happened to it where it never returned after it went into the Bermuda Triangle as well. The official Navy report of these plane crashes, oh, well, they don't know if they crashed. They must have crashed. They disappeared. Like, where'd they go? Uh, the official report, though, declared it was as if they'd flown to Mars. Like, just, just upped and vanished. Like, vanished. Isn't that weird? And how, how on earth was this happening? How on earth was this happening? This small area in the Atlantic Ocean. There are, there are loads more. Like, there's loads of other boats Flight DC-3, the Star Tiger and Star Aerial, Witchcraft, Connemara 4, Flight 441. There's loads of boats and planes that are just, just gone. No trace of them. No trace of them at all. And people have been trying to figure out, like, why have they never been found? What is really going on here? So, obviously, eventually, someone cottoned on that this was happening, right? Yes. So, all these, these boats and planes are just are just vanishing and it's really important that we just say like that it's not like they found the boat they just disappeared and the planes and eventually a guy called vincent gaddis well i mean not put two and two together but obviously realized that this was happening and he, in 1964 he coined the term the bermuda triangle in a cover story for a magazine called argosy 
And he wrote about, he basically linked them and said, look, all these planes are disappearing. They've all disappeared. You know, up till then, nobody had really realized they were all sort of in the same area. And he's gone, well, all these planes have disappeared. Yep. And he wrote about something called the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, it, you're right. There's no social media, is there? It's not, again, like when news is spreading super fast and people are putting two and two together. And he he cottoned onto this and thought, wow, this really is a dangerous part of the ocean for people to be traveling either on a boat or either on a plane. And other theories had started to, to emerge as well. Like going back over hundreds of years, people were thinking with these boats going missing, there must be like a giant squid or there must be something that's taking yeah. down these boats and then completely destroying yeah. them. And then obviously eating the crew that's on board. Yeah. Or aliens. Aliens were certainly put out there, weren't they? Thinking aliens have obviously got an interest in this area and that's where they keep abducting people from. Or Atlantis. Or well, this is, this is, this is a big one. So the city of Atlantis that sunk, going back, mentioned in Greek mythology a couple of thousand years ago, it was theorised that Atlantis was actually off Bermuda. And part of the reason why it sank was because of some of these energy crystals that were in the Atlantis city. That energy crystals, they were then sending out these pulses. They would fire up through the water, they would take out these ships or take out these planes and they'd just disappear without a trace. Yeah, you said that with a straight face, that one. Um, another one that does seem more likely is methane gas production under the ground, under the sea. They think as underneath the Bermuda Triangle, part of the, like the Earth's crust is producing gas, like we've learned about in a previous episode, but that gas creates like a bubbling effect that means the water isn't so buoyant. So because there's all these bubbles, the boats just sink straight down. Yeah. Like with no notice. Um, and it, that and it the is, hexagonal clouds. What about that? Do you read about hexagonal clouds? I reckon we might come on to those in a bit. We might come on to those in a bit about these scary hexagonal clouds that are out there. But this, this Vincent Gaddis, he, he realised that people were intrigued by this. And then he went on to write a book called The Bermuda Triangle, No Trace Found. And it sold over 14 million copies, translated into 22 languages, went worldwide, of people just keen to learn more about why they should avoid the Bermuda Triangle and, you know, the city of Atlantis and these aliens and this giant squid. So we've spent, what, eight or nine minutes trying to be as serious as possible. <laughs> <laughs> None of this is really true, though, is it? <laughs> Stuff's gone missing. That's true. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stories of things disappearing, that's true. Yes. But it's not quite, like, it's not scary or, or anything. I think the first thing we should say is, you, you said at the start, it's a small area in the Atlantic Ocean. Yep. Now, I mean, in comparison to the Atlantic Ocean, it probably is pretty small because the Atlantic Ocean is enormous. But so is the Bermuda Triangle. I quite flippantly said, just draw a triangle between Miami, Bermuda and Puerto Rico. Who's going to know that they are flipping miles apart from each other? It's so it's about 500,000 square miles, which is enormous. That is such a big area. But if you just sort of like add to the story and just say it's a small area of the Atlantic, it sounds a bit better, yeah. doesn't it? Um, yeah. So we're talking the size. So I did a couple of little, just how big are we talking, right? 
It's about the same size as the country Peru or South Africa, five times the size of the United Kingdom. And for any American listeners, it's about twice the size of Texas. Yeah. Like this is not a small triangle of the sea. This is an enormous area. And that's really important because, because it's so big, stuff will crash and stuff will sink in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. And not only is it big, it's used phenomenally lots. That's, I've got my words <laughs> all the way around there. It's, it's such an important shipping lane and like, what's it called? Like flying lane? What's they called? What are they called? Like aerospace? <laughs> um, there's so many boats and planes use this area that statistically speaking, some of them are going to crash. Yeah, with, with so, so many vehicles passing through it, boats and planes passing through this, this part of the world, it's inevitable that stuff's going to crash and stuff could go missing. So I don't know, should we, should we maybe have a little look at like why, how and why when things crash, are they going missing without a trace? Because that's something as well, isn't it? And it's partly due because that part of the world under the sea is super deep. So yeah, if yeah, yeah. something were to sink, it would very quickly end up just going quite down and you're just never finding any wreckage of it. Yeah, the um yeah, the 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 average depth around the Bermuda Triangle is is more than three miles deep. There are parts of it that are five miles deep. It's one of the deepest parts and some of the trenches in there, like we learned about the Mariana Trench, but some of the trenches here are five miles deep. If a boat or a plane were to sink there, yes, you're never finding it unless you're you're doing you have to do an incredible amount of searching to find that. Yeah, completely. So, so it, you know, when we say they disappear, it, it might well have disappeared. <laughs> it probably did. Yeah, absolutely. And the reasons why they then disappeared in the first place and why they had their accidents, there's quite a lot of people who've put some time and effort and thought into this and come up with some proper theories rather than just a giant squid or whatever it might be. And it partly to do with a lot of the stories that you read about they tended to run into bad weather at some point. There's a report of them like heading towards a storm or they knew a storm was incoming, but they still traveled anyway. And that part Mm. of the story doesn't then get reported in the exciting bit about saying how and why the Bermuda Triangle is so dangerous. But in this part of the world, hurricanes can spin up or, you know, really bad weather can spin up pretty quickly and then disappear again just because Mm -hmm. of the, the hot air meeting the cold air. Yeah. 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 The weather conditions are, are horrific. We said earlier about something called um, hexagonal clouds. You, you can get these things called hexagonal clouds, which when they form, apparently they blast the air straight down. Like, so if you're flying under them and the, the wind comes straight down on top of the plane, I can totally imagine that it's going to crash the plane or it's going to cause an enormous wave that's going to sink a boat. Yeah. Now, nowadays, we've got up-to-date weather by the second. You know, if there's a storm, like you said, if there's a hurricane or these clouds, a boat's not going there or or a plane's not flying through it. So these ones that were happening 70, 80, 100 years ago, it might have happened. I had to look up about these hexagonal clouds, and it's not that a cloud is hexagonal shaped. That's the thing. (laughs) If you look at it from a radar from above, 
imagine that there's cloud coverage and then it's the gaps in between the clouds of these hexagonal yeah. shapes and they are pretty straight they have got you know pretty straight lines between them and do form the shape of a hexagonal which is weird but as liam was saying you then get these things which they they call air bombs and these these gaps in the clouds can be massive they can be 20 miles to 40 miles across but when you're looking from space you can see it looks like a hexagonal and the air gets fired down them super quickly would obviously take out a plane or as you were saying take out a boat or it could even just create a massive wave that says the winds can get up to about 125 miles an hour and you can get 45 foot waves which can then knock out boats and planes in its path one of the other reasons is to do with compasses do go funny in the Bermuda Triangle don't they it's one of the only places on earth where your compass won't point to or it mixes up magnetic north and actual north yes which, it is which can affect like navigation yeah i was reading like the the reason behind that and that's because bermuda is an area that was built on volcanic activity so there was okay. boatloads of volcanic activity and if you go around bermuda the the ground there has got a far higher concentration of iron in the ground. So I was reading okay. it's, it's got like 500 billion tons of, of iron around it. And iron is magnetic and it's something within it is called magnetite. And this magnetite they think can actually send compasses off their accuracy. So there could be some legitimacy to, mm -hmm. to it actually sending compasses a little bit doolally. But nowadays I reckon that's accounted for isn't it like yeah it's not it's not a thing like so many boats and planes are going through it and over it like i'm not sure that's a problem now because we know about it but like you were saying when christopher columbus noticed his compass was going funny probably was an issue then yes yeah absolutely yeah it would have been something that would have um factored into it the other reason i was reading about why as well as when ships get wrecked or planes get wrecked is that the weather can move wreckage quite quickly so you know like the gulf stream is in the air that's, yeah. that's moves stuff quickly you get some currents and that around that area where wreckage can then be moved quite quickly i know there was there was one story we didn't mention about the mary celeste yeah so the mary celeste famously was a boat that was discovered with no crew on it right and it's floating around and all the crew have disappeared but the boat's fine and so it's a quite a famous story that we could talk about another day perhaps um and then it's attributed to the Bermuda Triangle part of the story. It's like, oh, they've obviously gone through the Bermuda Triangle where everyone has disappeared. However, the Mary Celeste was found just off the coast of Portugal, which is like <laughs> thousands of miles from the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so there's almost no reason that, that that's not true. Um, oh, brilliant. And uh, just one, you know, one more thing is um, human error, mechanical yeah. failures. Like those things do happen. People make mistakes. Planes and boats do stop working. Now, if there are so many boats and planes going through this, inevitably one of, you know, it's like a car on a motorway. One of them is going to break down. Now, obviously, if you break down in the middle of nowhere in the sea, that's an issue. And, you you know, you might have yep. trouble like surviving. You know, if you're on a plane and it breaks down, that's a bad day. Uh, you know, it'll happen eventually. Um, As we were saying, yeah. you've got this massive area of the sea. And it's one of the busiest areas as well with so many 
boats and planes traveling along this this course um and here's a, a way of showing that it isn't as scary as what people make it out to be is that lloyds of london so they're they're an insurance company and they obviously want to make sure that when they're insuring boats that they're not going to have to be paying out loads in premiums uh, paying out loads yeah. in claims for for loads of ships going missing missing so you might think that they would bump up your premium if you were going through the bermuda triangle so they they were looking at globally you know where's where's some dangerous places for for ships to go through how dangerous is the bermuda triangle you know we keep on hearing about all these wreckages that's happened there turns out statistically it's no worse going through the Bermuda Triangle than going through anywhere else, is it? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's plenty of reports. The um, the World Wildlife Fund in 2013 did the same thing. They studied shipping lanes and where's the most dangerous one? Bermuda Triangle doesn't even make the top 10 most dangerous bodies of water <laughs> for shipping. Yeah, the American Journal of Physics used official accident reports and weather data to analyse claims of a higher accident rate and they too debunked it basically said that there's this absolutely no no difference here to anywhere else in the world so why then why is it in our head why when we think of the bermuda triangle if you're saying you're telling me that i could travel anywhere and there's probably more chance of me getting injured somewhere else in the world than there is going through the bermuda triangle why is it then that that sort of strikes fear in people when they hear it <sighs> yeah the human imagination like we just like stories like that, don't we? As, as humans, when you hear something like that, you hear it when you were a kid. Like I was telling my boy, what you learned about this week, daddy? I told him about the Bermuda Triangle. He would not stop asking me questions about it when I started telling him <laughs> about planes and boats disappearing. He's six. He just, all he wanted to know was more about it. Where is it? Show me on the map. What happens to the boat? What, they just sink? What, is there a squid? What happens to the planes? Like, you just, yeah. it just, it's just interesting. Yeah. And, and we like that thing. That's a psychological thing. We, it, it's just a cool thing to hear and it's something that we want to believe. Yeah, and it's just that that area has got more media coverage as well. It's one of those things where mm -hmm. because you then hear a plane or a boat has gone missing in that area, it's like, oh, another one. And it, it feeds yeah. into something that we all know as called confirmation bias. So because you, yeah. it's like those things, if I had to say to you today, like when you go out and about, don't look for learner drivers. Like you'd probably think, oh, I've not seen learner drivers a lot lately. But if you were to start yeah. driving around or going back, like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another learner driver. Yeah. Oh, there must be loads out yeah. today, but there's no more than normal. It's just because you're paying attention to it. And that's almost what's yeah. happened with the Bermuda Triangle. When there's been an accident, it's got the media coverage and then it sticks in your mind and you think again, oh, that's that bad place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, that then feeds into like it's in books and stories and films and it's in TV shows. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's a cultural, it becomes a cultural thing. This tiny, tiny, this little, it's not little either, this area of the sea. Um, there's also, there's no, there's a lack of scientific evidence that actually, that makes it, makes it more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. The, the, they are disappearing. These, these boats did disappear, but because there's no proof of why, He's like, oh, it must be because a squid grabbed it. Are you but there's me no way you can't prove, can't prove it one way or the other, can you? You're telling me it's not to do with crystals or like wormholes or something like that? Where? Yeah, that was another one, a portal. Some sort of portal was teleporting things. <laughs> yeah. But like people must have believed, well, they did believe that back then. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so just, I think the, more, the most famous story is about these planes, right? This Flight 19. There are... 
like some you can debunk that story a little bit can't you there is some evidence against the fact that these i mean the planes did disappear but what, what were you telling me about the pilot so yeah that the pilot of them was someone called lieutenant charles taylor and apparently he was known for not being the best at his job and okay he also liked to have a little bit of a drink and they think that he turned up for work that day pretty hungover from the night before but still said it'd be fine to go out and then manage this flight crew of doing these low flying, which is something that you didn't mention earlier, these low flying bombing drills. So, you know, if you leave Mm -hmm. out those little bits of a story, it then makes the first part sound more believable, doesn't it? So they, they then headed out and his compass might've gone a bit doolally, but he didn't have the skills, did he, to then navigate his way back? Yeah, he also was known to not have a watch on, apparently. And back then, you know, they had to fly. They had to know where they were, how fast they were, what direction they were going in. You know, he needed a watch to time his speed, you know, that sort of thing. So he couldn't really navigate his way back. And they eventually got lost and just was flying around in circles, essentially. But his crew were thought to have been telling him to just to fly west. Because if you just fly west, you can just use the sun. Just fly west. You'll end up back over the America and then we'll just land somewhere. And, you know, him being the ca- the captain, I guess, uh, didn't. Also, it's called Flight 19 because it was the 19th flight of the day for all five of them. Yeah. So <laughs> wasn't their first know, flight. Done, yeah. No. So like talking about like the chances, like I know it's not that much more, but obviously if you've now flown basically 100 flights, you've got more chance one of them is going to go wrong. And also if it's your 19th of the day, maybe a little bit of tiredness or fatigue or whatever it is might settle in as well. But those little bits of the story get missed out at the beginning, which when you then try and piece it together, you can try and account for some of these things afterwards. The the other thing with it that we then told you that the rescue plane, once they knew that they'd fallen into trouble or they disappeared, which I think they think they actually ran out of petrol, don't they? They think that they run out of yeah. fuel in the planes yeah. so they don't think anything yeah. untoward really happened they were just flying around for hours and lieutenant charles didn't listen to his crew so uh so they ended up just falling into the ocean unfortunately but the rescue plane that then went to go and save them that did disappear as well but eyewitnesses saw that it exploded yeah and a boat yeah they were on a boat apparently they saw the, the plane crash and then sailed through what they called described as an oil slick yeah like that plane crashed, right? It didn't, but is that because the Bermuda Triangle or did it just crash? Well, apparently that was a really dodgy aircraft. So it was known as the flying gas tank because they thought that there was some issues with it already with this rescue plane. And then it's coincident again. And then it's confirmation bias then comes in that when it then ends up flying over the Bermuda Triangle, it explodes. So something bad happened to it. Oh, Maybe it was the Bermuda Triangle that did that, but it just seemed like it was just a dodgy plane. Yeah. The Bermuda Triangle isn't like a, officially a place, though, is it, by the way? If you look on a map, it isn't. It's never there. The, the U.S. Coast Guard quote, the U.S. Coast Guard does not recognize the existence of the so-called Bermuda Triangle as a geographic area of specific hazard to ships or planes. Exactly. It's actually there. So when you look on a map, you can't actually find it. You've got to look for Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico and draw a triangle between those. That's where it is. And you'll notice that that's, you know, like we're saying, if you're going from America, basically, if you're going from America to Africa or America to South America, you're probably going through the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Those, you know, those, not necessarily from Europe. If Europe, you probably, I think you'd probably avoid it. You just wouldn't need to. 
But yeah, if you're going South America, Africa, America, you're going probably going through the Bermuda Triangle in a plane or on a boat. Yes. Yeah, you are. So yeah, super busy part of the world. And a lot of it can now be accounted for scientifically. Feels a bit like our episode on fortune telling, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <I'm honest. laughs> Go and listen to that. It, you'll notice that it's, we, we, uh, we, we recorded the episode in a very similar way. <laughs> if you've heard that one you probably go yeah that's quite similar right well i have got a quick takeaway do you want to hear my takeaway yeah go on then let us know your two guys one topic takeaway what about what do you know about the space bermuda triangle oh i don't know anything about this <laughs> otherwise known as the south atlantic anomaly apparently there's an area of space um just above the south atlantic ocean that it's, I'm going to have to read a quick this because I, I won't remember this exactly. Earth's radiation belt comes closest to the planet's surface. This region can disrupt the normal operation of satellites and spacecraft passing through it due to the increased radiation levels. So basically, there's this area similar to the Bermuda Triangle, but up in space. Okay. Not too far away either. And uh, yeah, not satellites passing away. through this region. Yeah, not, not too far away. Not too far away. <laughs> you, Satellites passing through the region will experience higher amounts of radiation and, you know, they need to be accounted for when they're planning the, like, the, the navigation, like, where are those satellites flying? Because if they go through this area, they could get radiationed and then they could be in trouble. Nice. I didn't know Known that. Known as the South Atlantic Anomaly, or some people call it the Space Bermuda Triangle. Space Bermuda Triangle. Good one. My, uh, my two guys want to take away some of what we've already mentioned earlier, just about statistically. You're no worse off going through the Bermuda Triangle than going anywhere else. And on, as Liam was saying, the WWF in 2013 ranked the most hostile shipping environments. And the Bermuda Triangle didn't even get an honourable mention. Didn't even make it on the list. That's how insignificant it is in terms of hostile waters. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting week, this. It's it like it's part of my math brain. I quite like it. Like this statistic. Like the, the, the Bermuda Triangle is so big. And so used by planes and boats that statistically a boat or a plane will from time to time crash or sink in it because it's just how it is. And uh, yeah, just like it's just got a lot more more cultural impact, I guess, and uh, and coverage. Yeah. And then we just hear it again and we think, oh, not another one. Well, no, it's that dangerous area in the world. And it just snowballed and grows and that's where legends sort of come from don't they those old stories where they just keep on growing and growing and more people tell them so yeah hopefully today um yeah people have enjoyed that thank you very much laura for giving us that topic interesting one to get into i've certainly learned a whole load more about the bermuda triangle i have some idea about it now how about you liam could you hold a little conversation about the bermuda triangle i certainly could and i certainly know that it's basically not true or a scary place to go. <laughs> I'm going to get in my dinghy and I'm going to try and sail from Puerto Rico. Hey, there's a point, right? I'll sail from Puerto Rico to Bermuda in a dinghy and I'll sink. And then you'll go, oh, right, the Bermuda Triangle's taking him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just haven't done it properly. Um, so that's essentially the end of Series 8 then, isn't it? We've got another episode next week. We'll do our, our wrap-up. Um, we've been keeping track of some of the things we've said in previous episodes that we promised to just research. We've had some questions from some of the listeners. But yeah, that's that's Series 8 essentially done. Yeah, Series 8 done already. What a, another great series. I super enjoyed it. Looking forward to the wrap-up. So, 
Hopefully you've enjoyed that. If you've got any thoughts or comments or perhaps suggestions for episodes for us to start next series with, hit us up on the socials at Two Guys One Topic. But until then, get out there and share some Bermuda Triangle knowledge. <laughs> <laughs>